for me was this this one result just like triggered the the confidence hmm. and then the results were coming and in like two months i managed to get like five second places and five victories wow and i was like okay now some of the guys they already signed for quick steps and for for other teams but i was still like waiting waiting like no offer was coming and nothing <laughs> and then the week later there was like this another uci race and then i had like so much fire in me and and even despite like a puncture and changing wheel i just like dropped everybody i won the race wow. and then finally it was like okay you Come can, on, Patrick. You can sign. <laughs> <laughs> it's showtime everybody showtime you've been living in a dream world neo yeah. this is the world as it exists today life moves pretty fast you don't stop and look around yeah. once in a while you could miss it listen we talking about practice compete on the dude's run donnie you're out of your element i see you think this has nothing to do with you yeah. don't ever trash talk black jesus this is the adventure stash with pace and mccalvin hello everyone welcome back if you hear a little bit of gentle city background noise it's because it's one of those days where you just kind of have to leave the patio doors open it's a beautiful 60 degrees in Girona, spain today bluebird um certainly had a few you know grittier training days the last few cold wet but the next 10 looks stellar 60 to 70 every day can't complain i love this time of year things kind of uh simplify stress levels are lower it's just really all about the work uh, which is what i love most anyway it's also been an awesome environment to sit down and record quality in-person conversations for the podcast something that i mentioned last week is we really started this show with that premise uh spent over a year doing exclusively in-person interviews and went with the pandemic obviously had to go more virtual for a while post-pandemic it's sort of been a mix but here in Girona, there's just so many awesome guest opportunities that we're really going to try to commit to in-person for a while, get back to those roots. And today we have another awesome in-person interview, this time with Petr Vakoc, someone who has spent many winters in Girona, Spain, having spent, oh boy, over a decade in the world tour, I believe. He got his start with Quickstep during their uh, Wolfpack peak years, their roster back in the 20 teens was just kind of absurd. With guys like Alaphilippe and Cavendish, Marcel Kittle, uh, Zdenek Stiebar, I mean, you could go, Nicky Terpstra, you could go on and on. Um, and Petter, someone who I now race uh, week in and week out on the Grand Prix and mostly U.S. gravel scene, uh, was a team leader on Quick Step for a period of time and won some really, really big races. Um, but through it all, had some pretty unique perspectives regarding his career and what he was looking for in the sport. And so despite being on the younger side, still just 31, he made an earlier retirement from the world tour with an eye on transitioning to more off-road racing and has already found success at the Cape Epic, um, and some of the biggest gravel races in the world. And he's also just a really awesome guy and someone who I'm looking forward to doing more training with while in Girona this year before we have to go to battle throughout the year. But I think you'll really enjoy this one. He has an amazing story, incredibly well-spoken for English being his third language, fourth language. I don't even know. 
but I really enjoyed this one. Uh, as you'll come to realize, we're probably going to be doing slightly longer episodes now with them being in person. Conversation just flows so well that time kind of flies by. So hopefully enjoy you enjoy that aspect too. Thank you all so much for listening today and we'll catch you after the show. Okay, we are here with Petr Vakoc. I think uh, whenever we're rolling around at a race and we hear that you're going to be there these days, we just say, oh, Vakoc is here. <laughs> Vakoc. Oh, that's, that's nice because like <laughs> most people cannot pronounce my name correctly. Really? And, yeah, yeah. It's nice. like uh, very often I hear Vachok for some reason. I don't okay. know why they like switch it. That's like funny to me. But usually <laughs> like Vakok, Vakok, Vakoc, like all different kinds and and usually even like like Peter, my f- first name. I usually say I'm I'm Peter because yeah. uh, it's it's just just easier to not be Piotr, Peter, whatever. So so yeah, I, I'm kind of like used to like say I'm, I'm Peter Vakoc. So if somebody says Peter, I'm like wow, I'm surprised. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, it's funny when we so we went on a mountain bike ride together the other day, and Peter Pruce was also on the ride, and. Uh, a couple of the other guys on the ride didn't upload like Cole and, and some other. So it was just Payson, Petter, and Peter. And it's like, oh, too bad like Pete Stetton is not here. We could have had all the different <laughs> Peters cover all the different spellings. It's funny. But um, anyway, we're here in Girona, Spain. Uh, have you, during your road career, did you base from here also? Is this uh, a place you know really well? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a place I came first time maybe almost 10 years ago. Uh, I was at the start of my my road career, so like 2013, 2014. I was looking for for places where I would like to spend the winter. I, I wanted to be based uh, somewhere where I can train and where can where I can be around other pros to mm-hmm. to have the opportunity to train with them and 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 uh, yeah, uh, see how they train and and get better. And the first winter, I tried a few locations. I was in uh, Nice. I was in uh, in France, in uh, in Italy, around uh, Florence and Pisa, and then I came uh, to Girona, and I, I just loved it here. And and ever since, I've I've been always always coming every winter, sometimes for a month, sometimes for two. This time it's it's the longest I've I've been here. It's uh, yeah, I plan to be here around four, almost five months in total. Nice, yeah. It's interesting how the on the roadside the pros seem to collect into these pockets and i've kind of noticed obviously Girona is one of the most popular but then there's kind of like the the superstar riders who are on the really big salaries who either live in monaco or andorra a lot of times because there's the tax yeah, tax yeah. haven component which i think actually is also also lived in andorra for a while but but for me mainly it was uh, to to live in the mountains as a kid yeah. i always wanted to live in the alps which obviously it's not the best when when you are cyclist because there is so much snow in the in the winter and too cold. Yeah. But the Pyrenees are are much better and 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 uh, Andorra was was pretty good place. So for me it was kind of uh, the main reason to to go there uh, because actually the tax laws are not not too bad in in Czech Republic. So there was some advantage as well. But but uh, it was mainly to yeah just like a, a move from kind of like being based here in Girona up uh, into the mountains and uh, yeah to be able also to 
to enjoy the the winter sports because that's yeah. that's what I love the cross country skiing and the ski mountaineering and and just the snow in in general which uh, yeah as a pro you or, or like a road pro you you don't get to experience because uh, yeah you just spend the winter in either in Spain or yeah. in like uh, Middle East in the winter so yeah South America Australia whenever it's it's warm so so for me that was it was also like a super nice to yeah just experience living in the mountains and mm. uh, and have the four seasons again yeah for sure you're going to andorra next week to ski right or in a few days yeah yeah uh i i, sh- I should be coming this this weekend just for two three days nice. do some ski mountaineering and yeah enjoy the snow a bit and and do some some cross training that's that's what i really enjoy yeah yeah, it's crazy when I follow kind of what the World Tour teams are doing. It just seems like sort of a year-round thing at this point. Like if you race through October, you know, do some of the late season races, and then by late November, maybe you're already doing some sort of like early, early team camp. For sure, by December, you're doing some sort of team camp. Um, it just seems like around the a year-round thing almost, a, a very, very little break. Um, when you, so you were on quick step, that was the first world tour team you rode for. And then Alpeson, when you were on those teams, um, were there, were they pretty strict about, you know, better, we know you like to ski, but I'm sorry, you can't, you can't do much of this. Or was it mostly just because the, the schedule was so year round, you just didn't have time for it. Yeah. There were a lot of restrictions about the, the sports, but uh, but skiing was was possible, especially cross country skiing. Then ski mountaineering was, I would say, somehow in like the gray area. Borderline. But, <laughs> but I just figured out it's it's at least the way I did it was was safer than than cross country skiing because I would go on the on the little skis uh, on the downhills maybe sixty seventy k per hour sometimes and oh. and uh, yeah you have not not much control and and I I figure out I on the yeah when skiing the ski mountaineering i would always go down on the on the ski pistes and uh, take it pretty safe and would uh, reach similar speeds but with better skis uh, and yes. with a helmet and stuff so so i really did it just for for training and to to avoid risk and fortunately i never never injured myself in the in the career while while skiing but on the other hand i had some injuries while like riding bike in the yeah. winter like because oh really yeah yeah, yeah. like uh, crashed, sliding out uh, and stuff yeah, yeah i crashed on uh, like icy road or oh. so so in, in the, the end was, was better no 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 in, in prague okay yeah so yeah, yeah so yeah. you're let's talk about the czech republic so you're you're czech um i asked you before we started recording do you call it czechia and you're like no like people didn't really adopt that no, i think no, no i don't i don't think so technically it's, it is czechia now i think i but. i don't know i think they they are trying to implement it but <laughs> okay. still like when you you know like sign up somewhere and you pick your your country it's still czech republic it's still the official official language i think very very few countries still like keep the republic there but yeah but yeah czech uh, Czechia, just I don't know. It's hard to to get used to it. Maybe in a couple of years, yeah. uh, they'll yeah. come up. But but yeah, it's it's good. Like uh, a lot of people still like think it's Czechoslovakia, which is more than thirty years ago. Yeah. <laughs> the country's got separated. Were you born yet? When yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like uh, six months before the separation or so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So 
I'd like to hear about how you got into the sport and it sounds like snow sports were probably a part of your life growing up maybe, but what's something about Czech that people should know? So it's, it's Eastern Europe. Um, but what's something as someone from there that you think would be interesting for people to know? Yeah. Like regarding the sport, I would say like generally people in Czech Republic are very, um, like, sporty people uh, they're really into like outdoor sports hiking uh, uh, cycling especially like mountain biking but like a free time activity like i would say like uh, almost everybody owns owns a bike and as mm. like all the kids just like ride the bikes i would say spend the summer like riding but but racing is not that that popular i think like mm. mountain bike marathon it's it's quite popular and in the end, it's also how I got into into cycling, as as my father was was doing some some mountain bike marathons with his friends, and there were like child categories, and uh, so we wanted to race as well with with my brother. I have one brother who is uh, two years younger, and we kind of did everything together and 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 started cycling together, and another one which uh, which is uh, yeah almost eleven years younger. So, but but with this uh, this brother, we were really close and and doing a lot of sports and also like skiing is is super popular in in mm-hmm. Czech Republic I would even like as a part of like a school trip you would go skiing so I think everybody everybody at some point like rides a bike and skis in in Czech Republic and yeah. we just like had very uh, active childhood I would say like the holidays were always on the bike or skiing and uh and I I did a lot of sports as a kid, but but the cycling kind of like stayed, and and I liked it more, and and did uh, yeah a lot of sports around. Like growing up in Prague in a big city, it it was not really for winter sports. I always enjoyed it, but never never get to yeah ski competitively mm. or play ice hockey or something. But uh, it's something I I always enjoyed and uh, always love. Uh, to spend the winter this way so yeah so you grew up in Prague yeah yeah in the city yeah wow and you go back often I go I go back pretty often now I'm I'm based in in Czech Republic except okay. for like this time in in Girona but yeah. like uh yeah I uh, since maybe two years ago I moved back from from Andorra to to be based in in Prague and uh uh, yeah, although I travel a lot and spend a lot of time either here or on the road, it's it's where where I still call home. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean I know it because of kind of two things cycling wise. Uh, now you, but uh, obviously the Nova Mesta World Cup yeah. has always been one of the most popular. It seems like it's often voted riders' favorite, and then also Katarina Nash. Uh, is from Czech Republic, I believe, and um, so obviously there's quite the legacy there for off-road racing. Yeah, um, yeah. and also Yaroslav Kulhavi. He, yeah. He oh, yeah. Of course. A few years ago, but he, yeah, he was one of the best uh, mountain bikers, for Olympic sure. champion, won multiple World Cups and World Championships. So yeah. So yeah, I think like the mountain bike scene is. It's pretty big. We have yeah, also cyclocross. It's uh, now we don't have that that strong cyclocross riders. Uh, Zdeněk Štybar is now going to retire in in couple of weeks. There will be the is world he? championships. Uh, 
this year in in Czech Republic in in Tabor. Oh, that's that's also like amazing atmosphere there always. So, that is, so did this, he win worlds there? Yes, yes. Yeah. I think it was yeah about ten years ago when yeah. he, when he won. So, uh, yeah, that's always like the the sports. Uh, events like this are always amazing also biathlon is is mm. huge it's also in nova Miesto where the world cup yeah, yeah, takes yeah. place so so there is the same maybe even be the better atmosphere in winter when there are uh either world cups or yeah. i believe there is also world championships this year in in biathlon so hmm. so we have some nice nice events going on that's cool did you you must have crossed over with Stibar, right? You were on Quickstep. Yeah, together? yeah. We spent like yeah the, all the years I was on Quickstep. We were there together, so I think it was six years. So we we spent a lot of lot of time together. Yeah, I bet that must have been nice. Yeah, having a, a fellow countryman on the same team. Yeah, yeah. It was it was amazing, you know. So it was somebody I've always looked up to it, and and it was kind of crazy to to be his teammate later on. Yeah, that's cool. So. I mean, we just rattled off a good handful of riders that um, first kind of went off-road. Obviously, Steve Barr had an amazing road career, but uh, went to cyclocross first. How did you end up racing road? How did your path lead lead that direction? Yeah, it's, it's quite funny because I also started uh, mountain biking. Oh, really? Okay. I'm, I mean, when I started riding bikes, I didn't even know like a road bike uh, exists. I've... Uh, yeah, I've never ridden one until I was like maybe 13 years old, 14, maybe even later because then I was just riding cyclocross bike. But uh, but yeah, I, I had like I didn't know what what road cycling is. I maybe heard about Tour de France, but didn't you know? For me, it was just just mountain biking, and I always thought that will be the path. But yeah, then I was maybe. 12, 13 years old, and we were racing together with my brother and friends for like a very small team, which was basically run by by our parents and parents of nice. friends. That's cool. So, <laughs> and then kind of like everybody started going into like different some some bigger teams, but uh, like Prague is a big city, but there was not a proper mountain bike team in Prague, not not really anything. So. Some guys started like racing for a team which was based like one hour from Prague, some like two hours from Prague, and mm. I was like kind of like I don't know what what to do. And my brother he wanted to do road cycling, and there was like a really good team uh, for road and trek based in in Prague. So so he decided to go there, and I was still like waiting, waiting, and then I was like, okay, I will I will join him there mm. with uh, the deal that I will I will do some road racing, some some trek cycling, but I will still focus on mountain bike. But yeah, within a year, I just turned complete road racer because <laughs> first of all, there was like no time to, to do uh, mountain biking properly because there were so many uh, events on the road and on track. So we raced almost every weekend. So okay. first year, I think I ended up doing like five, six mountain bike races and the next year, maybe two or three of them. But but I was just hooked on, on the road road racing. Track was, was fine, was good for training. There is an indoor track. In Prague, so so that was great for for the winter training, and uh, I think I benefited a lot from from the trek uh, riding and racing later on in my career. But uh, yeah, the road was something I I really enjoyed because I was like one of the best of the mountain bikers, never the best one, but always like racing top five, and suddenly I came 
Twitter road race and I finished like 40 or 50, like one of the last. And I was like, what is this? But the next week I was a little bit better. And within a couple of months, I could like do like top 10. And then I did uh, first international race in uh, in Germany, in Berlin. And there was not like 40, 50 kids on the start, but like 130. And that was just like insane. And, and I was like, yeah, this this is so cool. So... So I was really excited about about like making the progress and uh, yeah we had really good good training group there and I had really good coach who who was really like leading me so from then I was like oh I wanna do the road mainly. Cool, cool. At what point did you start to think you might have some talent? Because it sounds like you were you know finding success on the mountain bike, but road was a little bit more of a process. Um, at what point did you realize you you were pretty good? Yeah, I think like the in the second year on the on the road, I managed to to be one of the best in in Czech Republic and even get some like decent success in few international races. I did, but was mainly then uh, uh, the next year, which when I was in junior category, and uh, yeah, I could could uh, do really well on some some international races. I always uh, somehow I, I, I could uh, finish, like, it was hard for me to win a race in Czech Republic. I would be regularly top three, top five, top ten. But I could do the same in the international races somehow and, and just, mm. like, beat all the all the other Czech guys. So oh, I always, always really did well when, when the race was hard, when there was, like, a hard, uh, yeah, a lot of good riders. So mm-hmm. so there I could, could see that, like... The harder the race was, usually uh, I did better. So, so I think like the first year in juniors, I was I started to believe that, yeah, I can uh, I can be good. And uh, there was at the time there was a pro continental team in Czech Republic. So, uh, and every every year like the best juniors or one or two of them went to the team. So there was like the the clear goal. I I want to be a pro. I I want to be the best uh, in Czech Republic, and that will be my ticket to to like the professional cycling cool so you knew early on that you wanted to try to be pro yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i really wanted I, I think already like at the time when i was not even riding on road just just mountain bike i, I saw some like mountain bike professional or semi-professional riders and i was like this is what what i want to do i just i just loved riding so much so that's cool so that was the the goal yeah yeah and so then i assume there was a bit of a natural progression from juniors to did you end up riding for that pro conti team oh no no, no. it uh it already maybe in the first year when i was junior it it just like came down again to just continental level okay. and but i i remember i was like reading uh pro cycling magazine and and some other like german uh, uh, yeah new news about about cycling and was like looking for a ways how to how to become pro and and I remember that somewhere I saw like one of the the ways how to like uh, better your chance to get a pro it's to to learn French and really stuff. yeah yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and to race in France so oh, wow. so I it was like I want to learn French and and race in France because a lot of the Czech, Czech riders would go to Italy uh-huh. but I was not really tempted to for that environment because it was like always heard like this like super strict with food and mm. also I heard some like 
you know great practices there like sketchy stuff sketchy stuff yeah. like uh, so i was like this is not not for me but uh but the friends somehow like i was like yeah that's that sounds good and i wanna i wanna do it and uh, and i yeah i ended up already in juniors uh racing for the uci uh kind of like a development team for like uh, based in, in switzerland hmm. and after after racing there for first year in in juniors and and first year in under oh, second year in juniors first year under twenty three, I I got uh, offered to race for for amateur French team which was kind of like a feeder team of uh, FDJ so okay. so that was that was really really cool and then I really needed the the French because they the French don't like to speak English so yeah yeah that's true I've heard that know. I've heard that. Um, so at what, so did you move to France? Like how were you just all in? Did you learn yeah, French? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so already like when, before my 18th birthday, I was living in Switzerland maybe for like two, three months. And then the next year again for, for, yeah, most of the season. And after that, I just uh, moved to, to France, which, yeah, which was quite tough in the end because, I was like living there in like a small village in a team apartment, but but I was the only foreign rider, so I was there a lot of time alone. Uh, and uh-huh. uh, so yeah, I ended up like then going quite frequently back, but but yeah, the first couple of months were were a bit tough, but there was yeah nice nice group on uh, in the team and and uh, it yeah I I enjoyed also the the races there the the racing uh style suited me yeah well it was yeah. like a, a lot of hilly races just like hard racing and the, the amateur racing there was just like yeah all out racing it was uh paradoxically it like the smaller race the the harder it was often so i've heard that yeah i've heard that like it just gets scrappy and just, just everyone carnage. is just fighting so hard to get a yeah a just like at a kink and yeah, yeah. so yeah. Huh. but it was a super nice environment in the team because we were about 12 riders and half of the riders they were young guys like trying to get a contract and the other half were a bit older riders who we just loved racing and and maybe had some other part-time job or mm. or and they were there just like to to guide us so there was like kind of like a nice supportive environment and and also like healthy competition and for me what what was super important in those teams was that uh i saw that uh there was always like the best rider or two went to some some world tour team so mm. and for me like to be in an environment where i know like okay if i will be the best one uh, there is there is the ticket to to become pro or uh, so like I I saw it was possible so so then I was like training with the guys and racing with them and sometimes like beating them so it kind of like made it uh, possible the the path there and 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 made it kind of like clear that uh, there is this this option yeah there's a pathway yeah it's interesting you say that because when we um, first came to Girona. I I started to pick up on how there's this real system around the sport on the on the road side of things. Um, I've raced in Europe plenty, but mostly on the mountain bike, of course. And being here in Girona, when you just you know bump into so many people that are involved in the sport, whether riders or directors or you know maybe even an agent or something, you really get a sense for how it's this big. 
there is no league per se. Like it's all under the UCI, obviously. It's not as structured as say, you know, FIFA and the way soccer or <laughs> football, soccer in the U.S. is structured. In road cycling, there isn't that. But it's such an old sport and there's so many traditions that there is still structure. It's just sort of a little bit murky sometimes and you have to, there's a learning curve. Like you have to figure it out. Um, and it sounds like you really started to figure that out. Like you identified a team that you noticed riders were moving into the world tour from. Clearly world tour teams were, were looking at that amateur team um, for, for talents. How did you figure all that out? Did, did you have any mentors or were you just you know keeping your eyes and ears open yeah i think it was mainly just like researching the information i always like knew uh, what which riders the teams uh, signed who mm-hmm. is like leading all the rankings uh, and uh, for me it was it was I, I i consulted it with with uh, with like some some people like former pros or like some like good continental riders or, or 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 even like current current riders at the time and it was all like they said you have to you have to race abroad it was like kind of like the what i knew like i don't want to race for there were a couple of continental teams in czech republic but i saw like nobody was you know moving anywhere from the team maybe yeah. one rider in 10 years but i wanted to be in the in a team when where like every year two riders go go somewhere so that's like a completely different uh chance or like the probability there and for me it was also like i was trying to to do i kind of like early understood that to improve i have to uh do the uh, like hardest races that i i can and to always like i tried always on also on this uh, international races so so i wanted to to do as many of the races and to be in, uh, yeah, uh, to also train with the other riders. I, I yeah. knew like I I want the people around me to to be pushed uh, together with them. Yeah. And also I was like, yeah, into everything about training. I was like researching uh, watts. Always like asking the coach how to how to uh, work with the watts. Reading books about nutrition, about uh, psychology, and. Uh, so I was like looking for this like extra edge and I, just like recently I was like thinking about it that uh, yeah now I start to read about like a lot of young guys that they already live like professionals in, in juniors and then they're like develop early and I think I kind of like did the did the same and hmm. also like my brother helped me a lot with, with it that we also pushed each other a lot and we're also into all like this like uh, researching how to get better and uh, and always looking for for ways how to how to improve so so i think i did this to to a large extent that i was just like yeah also a lot uh, i read a lot of like biographies of cyclists and cool. and i just like uh, yeah saw their stories and and wanted to uh, extract the information that that can help me with that yeah i mean you were Sounds like you were really hungry for it and you just educated yourself. Obviously did all the hard work on the bike and all of the hard work off the bike too. Um, what was the breakthrough moment? Oh, uh, yeah, the most most important was like I had some like decent results when I was racing in France 
and and on the like the French scene, pretty pretty good results and was was improving uh, well and had like yeah some I don't know like around maybe 15 plays at uh, Liege Bastogne Liege under 23 like good performance at Paris Roubaix under 23 despite some uh, uh, like yeah two punctures or even more and mm. and uh, there was some like good result but nothing like exceptional but then. Uh, I was lucky because uh, Quickstep started a development team, mm. and uh, because the Quickstep has uh, Czech owner, he the development team was was based in in Czech Republic, oh, and wow. and uh, like the national coach of Czech Republic at the time, he 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 became the head uh, sports director of the team. So uh, so then then he he went to me and. Uh, uh, yeah, ask me if I if I wanna or, or give me the offer to race for the team and and so f- that was that was a huge huge moment uh, that that helped me a lot that uh, that really like put me to even like a higher yeah it was completely like bigger level than than the French team because uh, there was this direct connection with with Quickstep we we even did the training camps together we worked with with the staff we we met the the riders which which was really amazing and and although the team was like put together quite a last moment that was like a end of season project uh it ended up be, uh, being like really really good group of riders hmm. and we somehow like adopted this this mentality that that was always typical for quick step like hmm. uh we raced as a team. They they really wanted us to to work as the professional team to work as as quick step, and we had a lot of success immediately from the from the start of the season. And I had kind of like a slower start that I had like good res, uh, good performances, but no no results. But the other guys they were winning a lot of races, and and I had again this like okay, I'm as good as the other riders. I can beat them on training. I can beat them on on other races. And then I had just like a one one result on a on a team on, on a race that that after that just like uh after this one result the results were just coming i think it was in in belgium i don't remember the name of of the race but it was a pretty hard race with some like cobblestones like nothing crazy but again like a lot of attacks and everything and we ended up being like two guys uh in front like i think i did some like quite a late breakaway and then then attacked from it but then I lost in the sprint and and finished second and like two days later we did another race stage race in uh, in Slovakia and then again like same scenario uh we attacked uh, on some like short stage I think there was a double day and ended up like after like super super hard start so so we were just two ahead but I was thinking like we can we can do it because everybody will be tired was like a really hard start and we ended up again like two up sprint and I again finished second and I'm like not again like <laughs> I messed up again and and then but I it was a maybe six seven stage day long race I managed to win the the GC of the race hmm. and then I think it was it was like a June there was like national championships and another results another then I came to Spain and and won like uh yeah, two-day stage race in in the mountains, which which was crazy. But for me, it was this 
this one result just like triggered the the confidence hmm. and then the results were coming and in like two months i managed to get like five second places and five victories wow and uh and i was like okay now some of the guys they already signed for quick steps and for for other teams but i was still like waiting waiting like no offer was coming from some other world tour teams so yes but not from quick step but I mm. wanted to go go to Quick Step, and then was European Championships in, which was held in in Czech Republic, and there was at the same parkours as uh, national championships like two years before that. Oh wow! And I at the national championships they they said there will be this European Championships later on, and on the day of the national championships I was like, yeah, that's like in two years I want to be on podium, and I ended up being second and. Uh, yeah is this u23 european yeah yeah under 23 so second second place there and then i was like that'll do it (laughs) yeah but it still didn't it still didn't it still didn't it's like nothing but but then like this project said yeah but like you know lefebvre is on holidays maybe he'll come back too (laughs) nothing (laughs) and then the week later there was like this another uci race and then yeah, I was at the end, went on an attack. We were ahead like seven riders and I had like so much fire in me. And and even despite like a puncture and changing wheel, I just like dropped everybody and won the race. Wow. And then finally it was like, okay, you, Come can, on, Patrick. you can sign. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> he so, finally did call. So yeah, it it was it was a lot of, Man. needed a lot of results, but it was like this string of, of two months when I was like completely on fire, just just like triggered by by one result and that's something that's kind of like was reoccurring later in the career also the first mm. year in in quick step was the same story i had like a good good start of the year but no like big results except for like the very very start i did like finished immediately fourth in like second race of the oh, wow. of the season or something and then again like yeah one uh one result and I think it's something I need for for the confidence or hmm. or somehow like believe that once I, I believe oh, I can do it or like I I do it myself then then I just like really somehow this like a block that that it's possible so interesting so for me this is like yeah really really important to get a result and then it's it's usually just just coming yeah i mean for one thing that says a lot about what is required just to get signed to a world tour team i mean you had you i mean you just outlined an absolutely insane streak of results and still it was like oh maybe so maybe no <laughs> finally you got on um but one other thing that i think is really interesting is what you're describing in regards to having that one result kind of give you confidence and then the results just come. And I think for, for some people that are listening, you know, bike racing, mountain biking, off-road riding is one thing, but whether it's uh, road cycling or even to an extent gravel riding, like there's so many small nuanced things that create success. And I have to assume it on the road, it's just times a thousand. Um, but if you could describe like what you think having that added confidence like how does that manifest in a race is it like having the assertiveness where you you believe you can win or you believe you can be successful and so you have you have that little bit extra confidence just to get yourself in position and like the positioning component comes in or is it 
having the bravery to like cover a move when maybe when you're a little bit less confident, you, you hesitate and you wait a little longer. Like how does it, how does that confidence actually manifest in a race? Yeah, it definitely like changes the way how I move in the bunch, for example, because like I, I have this like switch in myself that most of the time I'm just like kind of like scared in the bunch or Mm -hmm. like not really willing to fight. But when I know it's I'm coming for a good result, I suddenly like in a different, like in a completely different, uh, yeah, attitude where I can I'm confident like moving through the bunch and and taking the corners faster and don't feel like uh, the tension in the bunch or like yeah. not being afraid and and I enjoy like being there rather than like. Uh, yeah, thing, feeling like scared or, or nervous and, and uncomfortable. And I think it must have like a, also like effect on perhaps like the perception of effort when like you, you just feel better when you like yeah. attack, maybe like your, your legs hurt a bit less or, or, or it just like seems, seems, uh, seems easier or seems, seems doable. So you kind of have like more thanks to maybe like i don't know the hormonal changes or whatever yeah, totally. you have, like uh absolutely yeah you just just feel feel better or feel less less pain and feel less less energy so so i i guess this can be this this explanation and also as you said like just like yeah you just just go for the moves or for for the change chances because like a lot of a lot of races i won it was like kind of like crazy moves that uh yeah, they didn't really make make sense. Like I won, <laughs> I won uh, my first world to race was was stage of tour of Poland when it was like two hundred thirty kilometer uh, stage, like completely flat. And the first day was like super boring, and the next day was like just the start of the race, and it was like attack. So I think it was three riders or four riders of us. And we were just like riding like ahead of the bunch and four quick step wins. For no 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 no, oh. just like you know four. like this like including this you, like yeah. sprint stage. Then yeah, normally yeah. like three or you know, maybe maybe it was even just like three of us. And then yeah. the bunch was like behind, and I still was like calculating. Yeah, maybe if you have like you know around like one minute per ten kilometers in the final, you can you can do it. And there was just like a, some like a sprint uh, bonus sprint with like thirty thirty five k's to go and. Yeah, we maybe started like going really fast in the last 50 kilometers and the sprint like 30 to go. I thought like the other guys are not not helping that much. So after the sprint, I just like kept on pushing and went myself and... There was an intermediate sprint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. intermediate sprint. You went and, solo from 30K. Yeah, yeah, and then I was like solo for 30K. And then like <laughs> the, the average power I managed to, to put was like, was crazy. And I was like, you know, all the time, like kind of just like on the limit was like 30 k's to go and three minutes and the bunch chasing and then like they were showing the time and it was like one kilometer i thought i can make it the other i cannot and then i was just like riding and i ended up finishing maybe 10 15 seconds of the ahead of the bunch but it was like you know like normally people wouldn't even even try but but for me it was yeah yeah or like another win was also in like oh it's tour of uh, tour of britain and the first day i was pulling the all day on the front and the second day because it was like a sprint stage and we had mark cavendish there and the second day i was like yeah guys you can go in the breakaway and it was like this kind of stage i love where like uphill start and 
all day like just up and down and I ended up being in in a breakaway quite a big one maybe 10 guys and then again like 20 30 kilometers to go I just like saw the moment and, and attacked and went went alone and and finished like yeah five seconds before the bunch and Dang. also just like did like insane rides so That's so I think cool. it's this like you just like do something and like fully fully commit and 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 somehow I I find like when when fighting for the win I always find some some extra extra energy so yeah Man, you should have gone solo three and a half hours into SBT. <laughs> I want to talk about that race later and what it was like to be rolling turns with you because it was it was pretty crazy. Um, but back to back to World Tour for a minute. Um, do you remember what you what power you did for those last thirty k and that uh, when you won solo and yeah, I think it was was Poland? just like below 400 maybe like 380 or something God, after like, for 30k after being yeah yeah break and flat, day. but it's like 380 watts or something and that's insane dude that's crazy yeah that's impressive yeah it's interesting what you say about kind of having that breakthrough race and then the results kind of seem to have come in clumps for you because i was looking at your pro cycling stats page and you uh i think it was brabant that you won first and then it was uh fawn ardesh and drone classic all uh, in 2016 it was yeah but it was it was the opposite brabant okay. was was, was last the... of the of the series okay but yeah it was also like a good good start of the year and then just like i i kind of like had uh, this this great opportunity in in quick step that what was nice that you were in an environment where you believe that you can win because there were 30 riders and every year maybe 16 of them won a race and that there was not True. at the other team so uh and you saw like the other guys like winning and also like you knew that if you give your 100 percent to the riders they will give a uh, hundred percent like when you have the chance so so usually it was like this season i had like 80 percent of the races where i know i will be in the helper position and then like 20 percent when i have the chance and i made sure just yeah whenever i had the chance that that i really went for it and also like was was confident to say like okay i feel good this this race suits me i wanna i wanna have my chance and then uh, kind of like put a bit of pressure also on myself and uh and wanted to to perform and and yeah uh it was really important also like to look for those those races where where i can get uh some some kind of success and and build on it yeah yeah so 2016 you had this crazy spring um and i think our fauna desh and drome back-to-back days yes so you won two races and two days two big races yeah big races back-to-back days which is unheard of i don't know has anyone else ever done that i i don't think like those two i think i'm still the only one who, who who won both of them yeah, and one of them is it Drome that's pretty cli- climby? Yeah, they change uh, every year, but oh, okay. but all of them, it's like those short, short climbs. The the time when I did it was was maybe like one two kilometer climbs in okay. in succession. I did it again in uh, I think twenty one, and uh, the parkour was was a bit different with like one really long climb there. But uh, but yeah, that year it was just like up and down. I think never climbing more than uh, 10 minutes i would say usually up to five yeah so for for those that are listening and 
fans of of road racing you can probably pull up most of your many of your wins on youtube even i know you can pull up the Brabant's win which um i've done before i would love before we kind of move on to more present day stuff i think you have such a you had such a special experience of being like in the quick step wolf pack kind of at its peak and i think it would be really interesting if you're willing to kind of give people a detailed picture of what it's like to be uh on that team for the you know the whole day what did the whole day look like when you won brabant's um you know meeting on the team bus before how did the race play out and then what was it like after the race i think it'd be really cool to give people details of yeah, what it's yeah. like behind the scenes so so this was when like usually on on, on quick step there was most of the time there was like one one big leader we always had uh, like there was Tom Bona and there was uh, the other classic riders later like uh, Philip Gilbert or then the sprinters like uh, Mark Cavendish or Marcel Kittle. So most of the time we had like a clear favorite for for the races, but there were some like occasions where it was like more more open and more riders had a chance, and that was this this beginning of the year when uh, those two races in France we came we didn't really have like a proper proper leader there already before that I was like fourth or fifth at Tour de Hautoir where we went with Fernando Gaviria but he was like the leader but it turned out to be too hard for him but but thanks to having like this this uh, streak of the results then I was I was the leader for for those for those races mm. and uh, honestly I don't remember much what was was the meeting about but uh, who else was on the team for that race? Uh, Julien Alaphilippe was there, Johnny Mersman, uh, and then uh, yeah, I think Peter Steri was there. I, I I don't exactly remember remember that that much, but but yeah, I think like we 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 wanted to uh, just like be in control in the of of the race, and we knew that. Uh, like if there is a breakaway, it has to be chased back pretty early, or or being uh, held close uh, before before the final circuit. And and we knew we have like two two good options, me and and Juliana Lafilippe, and uh, and uh, that I'm probably like the the strongest rider. So so we just like wanted that, yeah, some of the like the the stronger guys like Julian, uh, they can go in a in a breakaway and 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 try. And if it kind of comes comes together, I will I will have have my chance to go. And this race is specific with that uh, about like one kilometer to go. There is there is a uh, very steep climb of maybe 700 meters, and then uh, last corner and just like 300 meters flat to the finish. And yeah, since the first time I did did the year uh, did the race two years before that, I was like. I want to win this race, and mm. I know exactly how I how I wanna wanna win it. That's cool. And then yeah, we we it always ends up like being a very hard race with a lot of attacks. So I was ready then in the last last lap. I will I will be following the attacks or or making some moves. But uh, already with like 50 kilometers to go, I had somebody rode into my rear wheel and and destroyed it and i had to change it and mm. uh there's like very narrow roads a lot of up and down so, so i lost quite a lot of time before the the team car came back but i i just changed the bike uh came back to the bunch pretty quickly and then it actually gave me confidence because i was like oh what it's already the first first group that was oh, wow. hard I'm, I'm feeling good so huh. and then uh yeah we just uh 
uh, we just uh, with Julian like I think he was even like away on his own or with some other rider and then in the final we just like uh, jumped away with uh, five riders in total and we knew that the Julian is kind of spent and that he wants to like pay back to me for for some like help I did did for him so he just like went went on the front and made sure that that we keep the the speed of the group and went all out uh, until the bottom of the of the last climb and immediately when we hit the the climb i just like went all out and and did the attack and i know like later on that like the sports director and uh, patrick lefevre who was watching the race he the team boss they were like what the hell is he doing? That's what, really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? It's like too early, and it's like they oh, were, really? and I just like went and 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 knew that, you know, this is my effort. That this like thirty seconds to one minute. That that uh, I'm really good at it. And I was like really confident. Maybe you know, a bit <laughs> with cookie, but I knew like in the sprint, I don't have. Maybe I can win, but it's best There's chance for me. It's yeah. this. I knew that like my my performance for for one minute uh, was like so good that that it's hard to to match so even like you know when when I went kind of like from front or, or like when when I had the wheel the guys on the wheel I can still still have a good good chance to drop them and I had like a lot of confidence from the previous year so and I especially I had this in in my mind it's like this visualization of I want to do it like like this and uh, yeah I remember actually now like I was I was even like working on it with a sports psychologist before mm. and like really you really had this plan yeah wow. yeah huh. so so yeah I was in this position and just like just like went and it was yeah just like such a good good feeling and and I was just flying up up the hill and That's and awesome. as you mentioned the video it's it's yeah it's it's nice to watch and I yeah. I, I, I kept watching it like later on to <laughs> to get a boost before the before the races to nice. you know like yeah realize That's this cool. moment so so you didn't tell the team that you were going to do that beforehand though? no 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 yeah did you think that maybe they would tell you to do otherwise yeah probably but you knew I, you I knew. knew what you needed yeah. to do that's cool that's cool so i mean you're we've had plenty of people on the podcast who are um we're, we're at the top level of sport and very successful and won, you know, big world tour races. But, you know, you uh, were when you were a race leader on quick step, which is pretty unique. And yet at the same time, um, you told me before we started recording that you also started to get the sense that you might retire on the earlier side. Um, can you talk a little bit about why you started to feel like you wanted to retire on the earlier side, even though you were having, I mean, you raced the tour as recently as 2021. So you're pretty recently retired from world tour. Um, but what made you start thinking that despite all of the success? Yeah, I think it, it was like mainly, uh, this thing that, that I was always like aware of, of how, how much strain the sports puts on the body and I was always like kind of scared of, of the crashes and uh, yeah I had to work a lot on on like being comfortable on the on the bench fight for the position and and it was something like getting into into my mind like uh, this like I don't like maybe some even like uh, doubts whether 
you know, it's the right path. That's like something I enjoy. I'm good at it, but it kind of like goes against like one of my main values, which is like taking care of the health. And I kind mm. of like felt I'm like, I don't, I didn't want to be like, end up in a position like when I would say, okay, I just like was uh, pursuing this for, for too long. And it had like uh, irreversible damage for, for my health. And also I kind of like, so like, maybe big part was also that that my brother had to stop pretty early for health reasons and we were like always super close and and training together racing together in at the younger age mm-hmm. and we always had this dream that we will be professional cyclists together mm. and then probably already when he was around 20 21 me I was like 22 23 so around this time I had this this success or maybe even before he was stopping and I kind of like this dream kind of stopped and I had like mm doubts uh yeah if if i want to like continue and then i I saw him uh you know having maybe like success in different different areas at like school start like working on cool projects and and i was like kind of maybe also feeling like am i missing out on on something or 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 and then the kind of like like okay this is what i love i love uh, most of the parts there are some that uh uh, yeah, uh, that I have to like accept. And so I was like, okay, I will, I'll kind of like make a deal with myself of not like constantly thinking about if I should go on because I knew it's like kind of like, uh, pulling me back. And I was like, okay, I want to race until I'm about 30 years old. And then uh, I still have like plenty of time to devote like whatever, starting my company or, uh, already then I kind of had the idea that I would like to do mainly the Cape Epic uh, mm-hmm. at, at one point do some some mountain bike racing for fun like the gravel racing didn't really exist or not at least not us in in Europe we were not not aware of it it was not not really a, a career so so for me it was already then was like kind of like even like I was once looking or like thinking about like option maybe I could you know, come up to a team and say, okay, I don't want to do 80 race days as, as it's like usual, but maybe like 40 race days, just like keep the training, which I enjoy and then like mm-hmm. spend more time, uh, like exploring the world, engaging in the community, which I realize now it's what, what I'm doing now with, uh, with the off-road and yeah. mainly gravel racing. So, so I already then like, kind of like said, okay, I've, my plan is to write until I'm about 30 and and then uh, I'll just focus on, on other projects. Yeah, wow. When you, yeah, it, it's interesting you say all that because culturally, you know, we, we celebrate the big winners such as yourself when you have a big success. You know, we all, nowadays, you know, there's videos all over online and everyone is saying how amazing this pers- this performance is that this person did and what an incredible athlete and a role model and all these different things we hear about superstar athletes um which all to an extent is true but i think sometimes what people lose sight of um that haven't been in positions like that and what you're describing is all of the sacrifices you have to make to become an athlete like that and how much you miss out on um and you just mentioned how being more in the off-road space you're having the opportunity to do things like live a more balanced life uh engage with the community, these things that you felt like you were missing out on when you were in the world tour. 
But I also know, you know, to become as successful as you did on the road, you also have to be a very competitive person. And you're, you're in the Grand Prix now. We went head to head multiple, you know, plenty of times last year. Uh, I mentioned the, that uh, breakaway we were in at Steamboat where I think there was maybe five of us and just, you know, that was one of my memories of the year, more distinct memories of the year where it's a very, you know, isolated, a breakaway like that. You spend a lot of time with very few people and you really kind of pick up on some things. And, you know, I've been in a good handful of breakaways with really strong guys. Um, usually in the U.S., you know, the, the strongest guy is Keegan. And I know what it's like when he's just really pushing the pace and he's rolling over the top of you in the rotation that little bit harder. And you're just like, oh, man, he's killing us right now. And that was happening, but you were also doing it. So there were five of us. And from, in my opinion, you and Keegan seemed to be on pretty even footing. And you were just torching the other three of us. Like we were, you were crushing us, just pulling through super hard. Um, and so I know like that's very much still in you. And we can talk about the Cape Epic. Like you had awesome performances at the, at the Cape Epic this past spring almost one unbound you know we can talk about that sprint finish if you want so i know there's this winner there for sure and i have to assume as gravel continues to um grow and and some of these mountain bike races too and these new professional opportunities continue to grow for you too um i'm i'm curious how you're finding balance there like are you finding yourself is there any of that, you know, quick step Alpacin mindset that creeps in? Or do you feel really good about the balance you have right now? And, and this next chapter feels like, you know, exactly what you were looking for. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely like getting a little bit back to kind of like the way I was, I was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. used to at, at the pro teams. But, but I, 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 I keep it much, much better to balance, I think. Yeah. And kind of like what's what's the most important is now that uh now i'm i'm just like uh yeah uh aware that that uh i still try and like do my best in training and everything like the lifestyle but it's not that like i really like have to and not like especially like last year i didn't really have uh at least for the first part of the year and any proper sponsors nobody like to you know to uh, yeah respond to or yeah or even like for me it's often often about like this like inner responsibility that i i like you know when i when i race for somebody i just want to do do the best and i think like you know, especially in the last couple of years i was i was like kind of like always thinking like i should be like performing better and 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 uh when you were like not kind of like the mentality in, in the world tour, I would say it's like, if you are not training or resting and doing some like other activities, then you're kind of like, you shouldn't be doing it. It's like, and, and here it's like kind of like the, the opposite. That, uh, I, I like it that like, for me, it's, I was always wanted to be like an entrepreneur and, uh, mm -hmm. this like kind of like racing gravel is a little bit like having a startup when you, you know, it's like, so uh, true, yeah. <laughs> you have to take care of so many things and I, I just just really like it and, and juggle it and make it work and, and organize and those are the aspects that, that I like and, and and 
also like knowing that like yeah, it's important to train it's important for the results and 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 as you said i'm super competitive i i want to have the results so so i'm really into the the training now and it's also like with the success i've i've had it really fuels me and and uh, i want to even improve but but uh, i also now like for example the balance in like it's it's much bigger in like relationships when uh on the world tour you you are often like one month away and without like opportunity to see your partner or friends or or anything and and it's kind of like you have no no choice about it it's everything like uh you're just told told what to do now mm-hmm. uh, yeah even although i i was surprised i do like similar amount of training maybe 10% less or something i was just comparing the statistics it it doesn't feel like it feels like hmm. much less interesting and uh it's just also like kind of feels like natural that i can be with my girlfriend here in in girona and yeah. like spend time with her instead of like being somewhere like uh, locked out for for two weeks and and yeah i will go racing in april in california she will join me for a big part of the trip instead of like being away on a grand tour for like uh, one month away yeah. so so i think this is really really important and 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 yeah uh i just also like managed to do to do other stuff and I'm, i feel like good about about doing it like for example now i'm like finishing school i i started yeah even before i became pro oh, like cool. uh, first like a uh, business school and and nice. now more in into psychology to to kind oh, of wow. get like a yeah. formal education on on all the information i was i was getting in so so i managed to have have this and and i'm kind of like tra- trying to do this like uh minimum effective dose of the of the training like yeah to, yeah do the training but uh but yeah just to be uh, uh yeah not like all consuming the the yeah. sport and and what i enjoy like with like just a slightly less amount of of the training and perhaps like having like more uh influence on how i train and how i schedule the days and etc i i just feel like having more more energy not not being like drained from the the yeah from the camps and from the from the so many like stage races so yeah so it feels it feels good and i was really surprised i would if if i had to guess i would say okay maybe i did like 20 30 percent less like hours and tss than uh, than on the years of the world tour and now it was just like a slightly less with yeah some bigger breaks in the year so i'm like wow it doesn't doesn't feel like that but that's cool the training volume is is pretty good that's really interesting that's really cool what are some highlights from this past year because this 2023 was kind of your your first like real season of racing i mean gravel is the easy way to describe it but it's not just gravel for you i mean you did the cape epic you did um leadville some other mountain bike races what are some you had lots of highlights i mean you won two uci world series races i think you were second at steamboat second at unbound several top fives in stages at cape epic and i think seventh overall yeah seventh overall um sixth at european championships in gravel which was i mean it was practically like a world tour light field i think jasper did jasper win yeah yeah Yeah. um so you hit the ground running (laughs) without a doubt what are some 
memories that stand out and they don't even have to be I mean race successes are great but it it can be anything it can be race successes or or things that didn't happen on the race course yeah from I I think it was like generally I I I really enjoyed the the year and and managed to get like in a good kind of like a flow of like combining uh, the travel in a way that I enjoyed it the the racing and the and the results and it it uh, it somehow like clicked in really well and uh, yeah it all started with the with the Cape Epic which which was something I I wanted to do for a long time but I was also kind of like scared of it both from yeah the race itself but also I had uh, yeah almost six years ago but big injury in uh, in South Africa when when I was uh, uh, hit by a truck while while training there on training camp with with quick step just like a small camp which oh, wow. like uh, put me on the sideline for for a year and and I had like multiple spine injuries which yeah I probably still like has some some or had some impact on the on the performance that that was perhaps why I uh, also didn't get into the like the the best uh, best shape or couldn't like repeat when the, was this it was uh, beginning of 2018 oh wow so huh. so for me like yeah i was afraid to to come back there but also i wanted to you know come back there and and kind of like uh change the perception of of south africa to and now it's like changed from like you know like uh, not wanting to hear about it like oh it's south africa means like this cape epic and this like hmm. amazing experience where where I just performed so much better than than I thought and did like huge improvements in the, in the technique and mm. and really had uh, had a great time with uh, with the partner with Mark Stutzman that that we raced and uh, yeah those moments when when we finished uh, fifth a uh, couple of times and one day we were like fighting for a podium in the in the race was was insane and and yeah this one stage when we were just like in the front group on some like super long single track sections and racing there with Nino Schurter, another like hero of mine and just like yeah. being able to follow his wheel there. I was like, this is insane. So, so it was just like, yeah, a huge string of, of, of a great time. And it kind of like restarted my, my career because I came from there, like, again, like confident that, uh, that I can perform well, although the build up for the race was far from perfect. And I, I did quite a, little amount of of training but then I was like okay I wanna I wanna give it a shot and yeah then after that I just like started trying the way uh to get into Unbound because I I found out it's not just like you sign up it's (laughs) it's pretty difficult so so then it it just all started like from like persuading uh Kenyon with whom I didn't have a contract anymore to you know uh, help me get into the race and and take care of me there and uh to yeah just getting the the race entry and uh yeah I kind of like came there to Cape Epic without much expectations without like knowing what uh, how to race there and and was like figuring out like the equipment and the, the tire pressure and how the like the feed zones work yeah, on, a lot on the learn. go just yeah. like shyly asking other riders like <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome yeah that's crazy yeah. and then then just like oh i remember like we started and and just before the mud section I, I i lost a lot of positions and didn't hit it like in a good position 
and I just like saw the in unbound yeah, and then yeah. the, I saw the mayhem like and everybody it took me like too long to realize I have to ride in the grass and <laughs> so just like uh, my bike like was my wheels were almost not turning anymore and I just like rode in the grass and saw like the riders ahead and and I just like started like laughing because I thought like okay <laughs> it's over this? Yeah, yeah this is crazy <laughs> and then I was like okay just like keep going and keep riding and then just like kept riding and 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 kind of like saw like strong riders like Lawrence Tendam and 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 some other guys I, I knew they are they are strong like like around I was like okay just just stay with them keep pushing we still have like nine hours to go so <laughs> <laughs> maybe so we true. can we can catch up and uh, yeah then had some like flat tires but but luckily managed to chase back but then I almost lost the race on the first uh, first like fee zone because it just took me too long i came there and i oh really i, I thought there will be there, there there was supposed to be two two guys with like uh the water hose like the pressure uh, mm-hmm. cleaner pressure to washing, because yeah. my my bike was not not really working anymore it was full of mud so half of the gears didn't really work and i wanted to make it like clean and but i had to wait until pete is done because there was just just wayne just his mechanic oh and then i i restarted and and the group was like 30 seconds ahead and oh. they were like going hard and i'm like oh the race is over but yeah i just like kept riding luckily there was lawrence tendam who had a flat tire earlier and who was like a few seconds behind me so i just like waited for him and then we chased together and yeah, yeah once then when we were in the last 50 kilometers or so i just knew okay and I'm, i just need to keep it together and and i can uh, and then i just like slowly like started like even though i was suffering i was like okay it will be good i would like top seven and then i was like maybe i can do like top five and i was looking at the guys oh maybe i can you know like beat some of them in the sprint so huh. and then the final came and i was just like in the zone again so in the zone yeah did you think about uh doing anything before that final sprint like trying something yeah i was i was thinking actually what oh, yeah there were some like short climbs and already before the race i was like kind of like trying to to figure out what what would be and but i just like didn't feel that good i don't know if it would have been good idea or not but but uh yeah i was kind of like surprised that that I, I noticed that, that Keegan was like really like watching me. I wouldn't like consider myself to be the top contender for like to, to contend him. But 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 yeah, and in, in the end, I I was and he was he was right. So that's interesting. Yeah, he believed I, in you more than you believed. Yeah. In yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is he and I had a little chat about you. I think about a week before, because he didn't know about your road career and was like, dude, mm. you like. FYI, <laughs> there's this guy because um, we'd raced together some, and I think I don't think you guys had raced each other yet. No, no, that no. Year. You and I did gravel locos and yeah. uh, raced here in Girona. Um, but actually, he would have. I think he would have known about you from Cape Epic, but I don't know that. Yeah, yeah, we 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 chatted a bit. There. I don't think really he knew that you but... had a finish on you though. Yeah, yeah. Like I I don't think he knew that you had yeah, yeah. have that race winning finish potentially. But that's why he was hawking mm. you. It's like he he did find out. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he 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 became familiar with your game <laughs> as we say. Um So it was cool, you who, who told him then? 
Maybe. <laughs> I don't, I'm sure he found out from several sources, but yeah, I, I distinctly remember that he and I had a conversation about you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the other funny thing about this gravel scene is your rivals become your friends. And uh, I mean, it's happening right now. Like I yeah, consider I... you a friend and it's a very interesting, um, it's an interesting dynamic and completely opposite of the world tour, of course. Yeah, but but also like in the world tour, it's not 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 always the opposite. Like often, like you have also this that you you just train and are good friends with mm-hmm. with guys from from other teams. But but it's true that not not that often uh, you are like direct competitor, maybe right. or or it's yeah Pogacar if you are like a domestic or something. Not, yeah, yeah, that's they're true. They're not going out that's to dinner. It's not like <laughs> you know you don't see like. Uh, Cavendish uh, being friend with uh, Kittle and really. uh, the other guys and that's like hanging out so that's that's true it's more like yeah 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 it's true even like even like within your teammates it's it's especially like if you're the, the rider for the Belgium classics that's the only only environment where the team the dynamics didn't work that well for for quick step was there's rivalry with yeah the yeah, team, yeah yeah that mm-hmm. was like uh impossible to to manage that yeah yeah and i think actually i was maybe kind of like often like too too nice uh you know like uh, always like just uh, filling the orders of the team and mm-hmm. and uh, not not stealing the chances for for myself or something but but it was just like yeah who i was i enjoyed it being i was i think was a reliable teammate and yeah, there's actually then there's like one one guy I will not name him, but he he, he has been for on a quick step and uh, we called him like Mister Ten Percent that he always like kept a little bit uh, for himself. And Interesting. Like, and I think so far he's he hasn't won any race because like wow. Then when he has opportunity to be be the leader, he was never he never got it. I would say. Interesting. Even when he was like strong, I heard like yeah. It's like who will be the leader? We came into a race without like a properly strong day, uh, rider, but but he was like, yeah, he's the strongest, but yeah, we are not, you know, he's not not our leader. We huh. we, that's we, we just like yeah, you guys have chance, but uh, so that's like huge, and I think that's that's like something. He's still like a really good rider, but but yeah, if 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 he just like changed the mentality, he, I think it it could uh, could help him a lot. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Shoot me a text if he ends up winning a race. <laughs> um, you've had, you've, I mean, you're 31. You've already had just a heck of an amazing collection of experiences from, you know, winning classics and like tag teaming a breakaway with Philippe to doing battle with Nino at Cape Epic to being in the final sprint at Unbound. I mean, it's just amazing all the things you've done and you're only 31. So what do you what are your goals at this point like as you look towards 2024 um you're doing cape epic again you're doing a couple of uh tune-up mountain bike races before cape epic you're on the canyon north wave mountain bike team uh right yeah just just i will race with them i'm not not on the team not officially i'm, on I'm team. just like the kenyan collective or just like kenyan hired athlete but yeah but there are three of them and they need one one extra guy uh, yeah on, okay. on Kenyon, so so you'll start some... with mountain bike stuff and then well and then also the the santa vai uh 
gravel race, the first gra- earth, gravel earth series race in February. Um, and then you're doing the Grand Prix. You're signed up for the Grand Prix. Uh, but there's also this UCI gravel explosion that's happening. And uh, we chatted a bit of gravel worlds. And, you know, on, on paper, you're like one of the obvious picks of someone that could really, really continue to excel at that stuff because of your European road racing background, obviously, and now plenty of gravel experience. So what do you see in your future? You're kind of, for 24, you're sort of doing everything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I just kind of like put everything I could on the calendar with the goal to, you know, take off as like a lot of it, but the second part really didn't happen. So now the, the calendar is really full and I, I still have to like, yeah, decide on the go how, how it will go. On the other hand, I think like thanks to the experience from the, the World Tour racing, I'm, I'm really used to race a lot and mm. I usually do really well. Just also I enjoy, I don't, uh, I don't like to train for long periods without having races. I prefer to have a good build up and then just like keep racing and kind of like few, few hard trainings to, to keep the uh, keep the form but i prefer yeah uh, to race as much as i want with or as i as i can mm-hmm. but yeah obviously what will be the most challenging will be the travel which uh, for me being based in in europe and the lifetime grand prix races being spaced kind of like exactly one month apart it doesn't really like it is not really possible for me to to do like a longer stays uh in the US uh, so it will be a lot of trips and I still have to have to see which races I will attend if I will do all of them or 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 yeah how I will approach it mm-hmm. but yeah so far the the first half of of season is is pretty much much set up and then I can evaluate but I think the biggest biggest challenge will will be kind of to keep the the balance to uh, not like completely kill myself from from so much uh, racing, especially from from traveling, but also like this, uh, yeah, kind of keep keep the fun in it uh, as I had last year, and because mm-hmm. uh, I, I I I see I have kind of like this tendency like the competitiveness, like I want to win this and that, and then you know maybe if the results will not be coming that that well, uh, I might be not not satisfied. So it's kind of like. To remind myself what what the goals are and and even like kind of still like work on it properly and to to be aware what what will be the success for me this this year and what the what the goals are uh because yeah i cannot just like you know uh, want to i want to win every race but it's not not reasonable yeah, <laughs> yeah. reasonable goal so i need to need to set up what what is the success and what the boundaries of of what to do and but i'm i'm really excited about about the year and it's it's full of really nice nice events and uh yeah last year the the cape epic worked super well for me as a as a build-up for the for the season i think that's something also like i uh, i learned in uh in the world tour that having like this hard racing uh period in the legs that's something that i can benefit for months afterwards hmm. so and I have to say, like Epic, Epic is only eight days, but the feelings after it's like after a Grand Tour. It's really yeah. I was as as destroyed as after after a Grand Tour. I think wow. it's the combination of 
yeah you have more strain on the body because it's it's mountain biking and it's uh, you get a lot of impact not not just the the muscular tension from 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 pushing the pedals but also you just go all out every day yeah no like easy stages yeah. no easy parts you just it's just like all out and yeah also the build up to to the race it's it's pretty hard because uh with less less racing i just do like a lot of long efforts and kind of like a race simulation which is something you you never have to do in in world tour like you don't do race simulation right. you just race you have so <laughs> yeah. many races so yeah. <laughs> but there you have no like proper like preparatory races so but yeah i hope it will work similar way and i'm excited about about the season awesome man me too i'm looking forward to racing with you more it was really fun last year um cool well we should probably let you go that was really fun was is there anything else you wanted to touch on or discuss yeah i don't know i, I really enjoyed it and uh, i think we we covered a lot and uh, yeah i hope you will like it people will for sure we'll see you out there <laughs> yeah looking forward to to the racing it's it's coming closer it is it's coming up sounds good better thank you thank you Hello again, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Peter. If you have recommendations of, of folks that you think might be bouncing around Girona that we might not think of, please let us know. The network connected here is vast. It seems like almost every day we get messages saying, hey, you should link up with this person or that person. I'm pretty sure they're, they're hanging out in Spain right now. So let us know. As always, a big thank you to Lily McKelvin for editing and producing the show, as well as taking care of all of our social media uh, and YouTube stuff these days. As a reminder, we are uploading clips to YouTube, six to eight minute clips, as well as full length episodes now and then. Dennis Van Winden's uh, interview, about half an hour of it actually, will be on the YouTube later this week. So you can check that out. And as always, you can go to our Instagram account, The Adventure Stash, and play the Friday trivia quiz for your chance to win uh, some free gear and to keep up to date with the latest episodes. Um, So thanks everyone that's been engaging there, listening here. As always, like I say every week, please give us feedback and ideas. We really love and rely on those. And we'll catch you next week.